Brick and Mortar Reporter Podcast, Episode 46. Welcome to the Brick and Mortar Reporter Podcast, where we show you how to build your business brick by brick. Put on your hard hat and grab your tool belt because you are about to enter the construction zone. And now, here's your host, Christy Hostler. Hi there, localists. Welcome to the Brick and Mortar Reporter Podcast. And today I have a very exciting and unusual interview guest. I'm talking today to David A. Cox. Now, he is the CEO of PCClassesOnline.com and the MacGuru.net. Now, David has received recognition in his local community in Provincetown, Massachusetts for his business endeavors, but he's also been one of the few business owners that has been able to get some national recognition and exposure as well. David has an interesting business journey because it included an appearance on Shark Tank. He's also hosted a technical radio show before taking his business online. He's been able to build his business by providing value first and worrying about the profits later. So David's here today to share his journey with us. And he's also here to maybe give us some tips that can help us with the uh, frustrating technical issues we have from time to time as small business owners that are just trying to make our way in the world. So, David, thank you for joining the podcast. We're so glad to have you here today. Well, thank you, Christy. It's great to be here. Well, I've given just a little bit of information about kind of your more recent history, but I know there's a lot of the story of you that happened before you became the CEO of PC Classes Online. So can you kind of give us the background, give us a little bit of uh, personal, professional, whatever you think sure, we need to sure. know? To get to yeah, I, um, I'm, I'm a Massachusetts boy. I, I grew up in the suburbs of Boston, went to college for, of all things, film. You know, Oprah, <laughs> Oprah talks about her aha moments. Uh-huh. College for me was my uh-oh moment, as in, uh-oh, uh-oh I just blew $137,000 on something I have no interest in pursuing. So oh, wow. I got out to L.A. I hated the industry, left it, really? and uh, long story short, I ended up working um, through fate as it would have it um, at this little Apple computers dealer in on Cape Cod. and. Okay. I had the opportunity while I was there to teach classes. And, you know, this little teeny tiny town, um, primarily of, you know, the 50-plus crowd, I started to learn that my talent wasn't the fact that I knew the technology. It was finding a way to explain it so that everyone could follow it. And so even in the dead of winter, we would have lines out the door just to get in for a class on new to Mac or new to iPhone or whatever it was that week. Mm And so I uh, eventually left that job. I'm sure a lot of people out there can relate to this. I was working somewhere around 80 hours a week. I was putting 30,000 miles a year on my car just doing house calls, and I was making $29,000 a year. Wow. And so it got to the point where – Living the dream, Yeah, right? <laughs> exactly. Living the dream if I could only wake up. And I just kind of got to this point where I was doing the numbers in my head, and I thought, you know what? If I could get like – five clients a week for private lessons, you know, I could be making more money. Mm-hmm. And I, so I left that job and I started my own business um, out of my home. I have a home office where I do everything, both PC classes mm-hmm. online and the Mac Guru. And um, basically I was able to get five clients in the first day. And it was really? just, it, it just blew my mind that there was this much of a need for someone who was not only good at tech work but also friendly and, you know, could hold a conversation with people and, and make uh-huh. it so that they, you know, trust you. And so I got working with all that. And over time, it, it, 
I kind of missed teaching the classes because that venue had, you know, gone away in that process. So I started kind of thinking things over and I got together with a few of my tech friends and I said, hey, guys, do you think we could take a couple of these technologies that already exist and kind of mush them together and create a way so that I could bring the classroom to them? And so um, like one of my main guys on my team, a gentleman by the name of Mark Collier, He's the CEO of Big Blue Designs, one of the best web designers I've ever met, mm. and just a great communicator in general. And so we got together working and um, put together what has become PC Classes Online. And so the idea at the time was very different from what we do now. So the idea at the time was, hey, we're going to charge people $200 a year. They can attend as many classes as they want from home, and we're good to go. Ah. Growth was really, really slow um, because mm-hmm. people will not pay for something they've never tried. And after about two months, I got a phone call from ABC saying, we want you to be on Shark Tank. And the way that I got that phone call initially was I had sent a one-sentence email to sharktankcasting at yahoo.com. That is the actual way that you apply to the show. (laughs) And I actually said to the producers, I said, you couldn't even go with Gmail? Like, really? Yeah, really, Yahoo. Come on, people. (laughs) You're ABC. Anyways, so I my one sentence to them was I said, I use technology to teach technology to everyone who didn't grow up with it. They loved it. They called me the next day. We went through eight rounds of auditions. We got on the show and wow. lost horribly. And it ended up being the biggest blessing in disguise of my life. And wow. There's a lot that I can't talk about with Shark Tank. I'm under a massive non-disclosure contract. Oh, I'm sure. But um, I can put it this way. Do you remember that contract, Christy, that you signed that states that everything you see on TV is entirely real? Yeah. <laughs> Funny, because I don't remember signing that contract Never either. It's so weird. Hmm. Yeah. Anyways, so um, I, I, I'm, I'm seriously completely grateful that we did not do any kind of a deal. Um, mm-hmm. And so I started looking at the numbers again and trying to figure out, is there a value in just having an audience and having a very large audience? And ultimately, the answer was yes. So what I figured out was that there was a way we could make more money by making it free and you know, allowing, obviously, a lot more people to become educated through our service and learn how to better use their technology, whether it was an iPhone, an iPad, a Mac, or even a PC. And so uh, we unlocked everything as a completely free service, which is what we are today. Uh, we're now 100,000 members plus in over 170 countries worldwide. Wow. So um, I basically just teach these classes twice a week live from my office in Provincetown. And at any given class, we usually have at least 10 to 12 different countries online at the same time. Oh, wow. And so it's fun. I enjoy it. They enjoy it. And uh, the way we're able to make money, we have a few different things. Uh, partially is uh, crowdfunding, crowdsource funding. Mm-hmm. And we used a GoFundMe. It's an ongoing okay. campaign that we use. And we say to people, look, if you can afford $5, great. Do $5. If you can afford more, great. Excellent. Every little bit helps us kind of get to our goal of being able to um, self-sustain. And wow. So we've got that. And then the other part is that when I first started doing all of this, I hosted all of our video content with Vimeo, which turned Mm -hmm. out to be the biggest mistake I've made. And I don't understand Vimeo and their business plan. I don't understand why they have their pricing structure the way they are. 
But overnight, I switched everything over to Google, everything over to YouTube, and that was when the magic happened. And we started exponential growth. Um, Right now, we're gaining somewhere around, I believe it's around 10 to 12,000 new members every month. And that is entirely to credit to YouTube. And if the public knew how much money is in YouTube and how far a YouTube video can go, everyone would do it. So that's a little bit about me and kind of how I I got my, my little start. Wow. And it's interesting to me that you started your business as a paid model and then switched it from a paid model to a free model and then now back to kind of a donate or pay as you go, pay as you pay what you want type model, Exactly. which and, which is kind of counterintuitive when you're not making money at two hundred dollars to give it away and expect to make money. You know what I mean? Well, it's, other, it's like, but the other part of yeah. it, though, is that and this this all goes again back to YouTube, is that, you know, when you become an established user on YouTube which is one of my favorite topics to teach um, when I get to work one-on-one with people. Oh, cool. You know, you can, you can, of course, monetize your video. So you can have a little ad shown before the video, and you get something. It, it ranges anywhere between $0.07 cents to about 12 or $0.14. Cents. Usually we average around 10 And mm-hmm. you think, oh, well, $0.10, cents, you know, who cares? Well, multiply that times a couple hundred thousand, and suddenly it's not such a small number. And so ah. I started doing some research, and I don't know if any of your users are familiar with this guy. There's this um, young man based out of L.A. Um, who he has a YouTube channel as well, totally different topic. He makes fun of other viral videos on the web. And I started, I started researching this guy, and I found this tool online that would go into the analytics of any person's YouTube channel and tell you exactly what they're making a year. And oh, this, wow. this kid, okay, he's around 28, one mm-hmm. video a week, $2.9 million in ad revenue a year. Unbelievable. Not bad for wow. one video a week. Not so bad. So we're not there, not we're not there yet. We're not there yet. <laughs> we're working on it, though. But, you know, that, the, the thing that you're, you're talking about and that even just using the technology to reach your audience, I think, is something that is so relevant for small business owners because it's – very much untapped in the brick and mortar world um, to utilize a lot of the online things in order to drive customers, number one, to your website or to whatever online presence that you have, sure. but also to your brick and mortar stores. Mm-hmm. So I think these are all very relevant things. And I don't know why, but and maybe you come across it too, but you know, people are afraid of YouTube because they think the only way you can be on YouTube is to be in front of the camera. They forget that there are screencasts and other video. You, know, you can make a complete video without ever having to be in front of the camera. Sure. And so I think people forget that you don't have to, you know, if you got a face for radio, it's okay. You can still get on yeah, YouTube. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, now there's even scarier technologies out there, one of which I'm about to teach. So everyone knows what Photoshop is and how you can make yourself look more pretty, shall we say, right. than you normally are. Yeah, well, there's, exactly. there's a class I'm actually getting ready to teach. I'm going to teach this one offline just because of the, um, the, diff- the multiple cameras we have to use to teach it. But uh-huh. you can now Photoshop video. So I can, oh, have, wow. I can have it track my face. And in real time, smooth out all of my skin. And it's actually, wow. it's like a $10 plug-in for Final Cut Pro. 
Unbelievable. You know, that's that's I was going to say. That's great. Can you imagine? You know, so many like even job interviews and things right now are going on, you know, in the digital world. And can you imagine interviewing for a job and using that technology and showing up and looking like a completely (laughs) different person? Who are you? How are you? I like that. (laughs) I love that. But it is, you know, that's the thing. Technology is moving at such a fast pace. And I know for local business owners, it is intimidating. I mean, even the social media aspect is intimidating, much less, um, you know, if you've got like an old type of paper type tracking system or payroll system or whatever it is you're using in your business that is all manual and old school, even moving that online is very intimidating for a lot of business owners. And then, you know, when you talk about trying to find one software for accounting and one software for your your point of sale and one software for your CRM type thing, and, you know, it just, you got all these things that you now have to learn. And so I know your service can come in so handy for many local business owners. Sure, so that's sure. and one of those. I, can I throw a few sure. at them? Okay. Absolutely. So one of my favorite things I get to do is work one-on-one in my small business with, with other small businesses. And I love it because you can see, you can feed off their excitement and, yeah. you know, see the ideas start to develop in their head. And there's a bunch of these little tricks that I've learned over the years and all of them are free. So, oh, so wow. I just want to throw them at your audience, hope that they enjoy it and go from there. So sure. for a lot of, you know, I, I'm guessing a lot of your followers are going to all have, you know, they have, as you said, a brick and mortar. Right. So when you talk into your iPhone and you say, where can I get a pizza? Do you know where that information actually comes from? I would imagine Google, but I don't know. Yelp. Yelp. Okay. iPhone talks exclusively to Yelp. The Android devices talk to Google. Or Google, okay. So for the businesses out there that haven't really created a full Yelp, Yelp page, you don't need a paid ah. account. Yelp charges these insane fees for their premium services. You don't need any of them. Just take the link to your business on Yelp, blast it out to all of your followers, and the higher up you get, the better you're going to be. Interesting. So Yelp becomes the search engine for that information. Correct. The other important part to know about Yelp is that they're very, very different than Google as far as their ranking systems. For example, they use what's called a clout system. So let's Mm -hmm. say, Christy, you and I go out to dinner and you've never used Yelp and I'm a power user. So you give it a one-star review and I give it a five-star review. Mm -hmm. The average is going to be five because they filter out anyone who has less than – they don't publish the actual number – to my mm-hmm. understanding, I believe it's somewhere between 12 to 15 previous reviews. Okay. So that's in some ways good to a business because if someone you know writes you a negative review and it's mm-hmm. the only one they've ever written, it just kind of disappears. Right. But, Those outliers don't really affect the whole algorithm. Right. And, so, and, okay. so for the people out there who are small business owners, what you can do is you can join Yelp and link it in with Facebook. So that way you can see of all of your friends – who is an established user on Yelp. So that way, you don't wow. have to blast all of them. You can just blast the ones who use it already. Because after all, if you've got a friend who's never used it to sign up, they create a profile, they write a review, well, it's not going to mean anything because they haven't done it for anyone else. Sure, yeah. So yeah. Google Maps, another very big one, um, important when it comes to computers, search engines, uh, as well as the Android devices. Um, mm-hmm. That one's pretty simple. Um, another tip I would love to give to your your followers is 
one of the most unique um, CRM, I guess you could call it, eh, I guess it falls mm-hmm. into the category of CRM, um, situations I've ever worked with. I was uh, working with a client of mine who's a museum. And they okay. said, you know, the problem is that people come once and they never come again. We want to have a way to to keep in touch with them so that we can maybe lure them back for a second time, throw a promotion at them. And I started doing some research on different aspects of psychology and how to capture this information. And mm-hmm. I found something very interesting. When you were a kid and you went to the science museum, I will bet you and this goes for all of your listeners as well, I mm-hmm. will bet you that you went to every single exhibit that had a button. And ah. that's not a coincidence. So huh. what happens is that even as adults, when we see something with buttons, we naturally have this instinct to just want to push it. So I tried an experiment with this museum where we set up an iPad, and we put into this really fancy, uh, expensive-looking enclosure, put it by the <laughs> register, and said... Hey, if you want to get on our mailing list, just type in your information. People don't even realize that they're giving out their information. It's an iPad. They want to touch it. You know, it's got ah. a, it's something, something shiny, you know. Um, right, right, right. So I went uh, later that day. I went. We deployed it in the morning. I went later on to check on it to see how it was doing, and I saw that the account had been shut down. I was like, well, how'd that happen? So I had, I had to put in a kind of a dummy uh, Gmail account just to get it up and mm-hmm. running. So many people tried to do it that Google thought that it was spam and they shut the email address down. (laughs) So for anyone out there who's like, how do we get more people on our mailing list? Just stick an iPad mini or an iPad right by your register. Train your employees to just casually throw it out there. You'll be shocked how many people. Wow. Wow. And then, you know, I think even for um, a lot of the brick and mortars, that email collection thing is even is not even something that they're consistently using, you know, to build their database and, and of their customers. I mean, they know people come in, but they're not they're not reaching. They're not building the list, you know, and doing trying to do any online marketing for that. Sure. So I think that's a very good piece of advice. What else? Got anything else? Um well, I mean, I try to encourage people to kind of stay away from the things that – like everyone looks at like Facebook advertising. And I right. have never really put much faith into Facebook advertising. It does work mm-hmm. for certain businesses. I, I just haven't found one that I've ever worked with that's had good results. But I still think that it comes down to your your most – you know, the, the best tools that you have access to that are out there are all free. It's mm-hmm. just a matter of using them the right way. True. So – I, I and yeah. The, I was going to say that's great. The one thing is, you know, if you start with what's free and master that, um, you will see you will see and you know an improvement in your business, and you will see an improvement in your tra- online traffic and that sort of thing. You know, it's. I think there's no barrier to starting out with something like that that's free and the tools that you can use. I mean, I also know that people. Many times get lured into thinking, you know, whether it's Facebook advertising or, you know, pay-per-click advertising and, and those sort of things, you can lose a lot of money yeah. and get no return on your investment. And if you start with something free, you at least get your feet wet and uh, don't have a lot of revenue walking away from you. Sure, so. sure. 
I definitely appreciate that. Now, let me um, talk to you a little bit about your business, because mm-hmm. um, whenever you started, you said you got five clients in your first day, mm-hmm. and then later on, talked a little bit about Vimeo and how you hosted all your videos on Vimeo, and then you moved it to YouTube, which obviously is uh, now been bought out by Google and changes the way the Google rankings view you uh, for for ranking things with YouTube and that sort of thing. But how how did um, how did you get the first five clients that you got on that first day of your business? Sure. Um, well, one of the things I decided to do, so where where I live, you know, it's a pretty small town. And right. I thought, well, how can I get in front of the faces of the people who are likely or, or just people in general? How can I get in front mm-hmm. of them without having to pay an insane amount of money? Because I had tried um, after I first started, I did try at one point newspaper advertising. That didn't work. I don't think it brought in a single client. Um, but I thought, where does everyone already have to go? And I realized Mm -hmm. that in Provincetown, there is one location every single person must go to usually at least once a week. And that is the grocery store. And so what I did is, and a lot of people out there probably have the same thing right by the entrance. There were two bulletin boards where people would put up flyers. But their flyers were these cheap-looking things where you'd tear off a piece of paper, and then if there's no paper, it just looks like garbage. And I thought, (laughs) I I just want to blow all of those out of the water. So I hired a friend of mine who's a graphic designer to design Mm -hmm. a really slick 11 by 14 poster. And custom graphics, the whole deal. Laminated it, bought one of those acrylic business card holders, and installed the business card holder into the poster. That one little poster, because I track how everyone hears about us. Sure. That one little poster, um, well, two posters, one on each entrance, uh, brought in, it was somewhere around $10,000 gross a month. Wow. Unbelievable. And it was a small investment. Very small when investment. It, when it, Lamination. I, mean, I think I can yeah. pull that off. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So. Or the acrylic business card holder. Right. Unbelievable. Another, so an, and no. another point to that is that, you know, a lot of people out there, everyone's heard of... You know, services like so, – sounds like Mistaprint. I won't say their name because I don't want them coming after me because God knows right. I have enough of that right now. Um, but one of the things I like to talk to people about is the importance of a really sophisticated business card. You're talking about a two-cent ah, piece of paper that means sure. everything you represent. Do you really want something that looks cheap? Right. So right. I, I – you know, Provincetown has a history where we are the gayest town in America. Right. <laughs> and so uh, by one of the clubs, uh, there's drag queens handing out flyers. And one day I was walking by and I, you know, took one of them and I said, who do you use for your paper stock? And they told me they use this website called clubflyers.com. And I've mm-hmm. used them ever since. And it's like a really, really, really high quality material without crazy cost. And uh-huh. I use it with all my clients. It's just it's an easy way again keep the cost down but have it look really really expensive. Wow, and you know you forget too about um, the fact that uh, what the impression is that your business card is leaving, and you know some people do the whole um, you know I don't want to say cryptic but kind of like the teaser hook you know like you know my name's so-and-so and I get results and you really don't know, you know, if you just found that card lying somewhere, you wouldn't really know what they did. And other people stick with the old tried and true traditional um, information and here's what I do. But, you know, it really is 
an impression that you're leaving with people. Mm-hmm. And just like you said, you, you walked by and someone handed you a flyer and you were like, you know, this is quality enough to make me ask where, where you get this done. Right. You know, and that's, that's a referral that came again from an old school marketing type method, mm-hmm. you know, the flyers and that sort of thing, which a lot of local businesses are using. Um, and I hate to say it, many of them are, you know, on very tight budgets and needing, um, the highest quality they can get for the cheapest investment. So I love that love that you have that uh in your pocket as well. Thank you. So now let me ask you this. You left a not a great paying job, but at least a steady <laughs> paycheck, right? I mean, you know, by the time eighty hours a week, thirty thousand miles on your car for twenty nine thousand dollars a year, um, you were basically paying to work at Apple and uh, you but you had a paycheck. You had a steady paycheck True. and you left that relative um Security, although not great, uh, you know, great depth of uh, money going on there. But you left that, went out on your own with zero clients. And what what type of fears did you have? Did you have some things that just, you just thought, oh my gosh, what what am I going to do? Well, I think every every person who's going into this situation has that, you know, fear of failure. You know, I'm going to be homeless. I'm not going to be able to to get any work or anything like that. And one of the tricks I've, I've found that has helped me in dealing with fear in general is um, I have a bunch of these little one-liners that for whatever reason my brain decides to keep. And <laughs> I remember this one-liner from Oprah, and she was talking about how as soon as you're able to acknowledge that you are afraid of something, then you have uh-huh. the courage to conquer it. And so okay. I just say to myself, if I wasn't afraid, I would – you know, go to this party and hand out 20 business cards, or I would, you know, do something that gets me out of my comfort zone, but gives me the opportunity to maybe make a giant leap, you know, in, in a good direction. Ah, So it's, you know, you just have to, you just have to dive in. It's like a pool. You just have to, you know, get over your fear and just go for it. Because if you don't, then you're just going to be stuck. Well, that whole – the thing is you know, that, that fear is actually probably very healthy. Um, it's probably a sign – a lot of people say it, you know, it's a, if you're fearful of taking a step in that direction, it's probably exactly where you need to go. Mm-hmm. At the same time, it's leveraging that fear into something else, whether it's motivation, hustle, whatever it needs to be. To make sure that those uh, catastrophic events that our mind goes to at three o'clock in the morning, <laughs> you know, where we're supposed to be sleeping, but it 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 happens um, that everyone has those. No matter how successful you are now, everyone starts out with those fears. So it's a perfectly normal process, but it's then what you do with that exactly. and how you how you turn on that. So I love that. Now, did have you had any kind of over the course of your business life? Is have you had any kind of a business coach or mentor? I know you went on Shark Tank and had you know the opportunity to you know rub elbows with some very big name business mentors and coaches and that sort of thing but have you had any that have helped shape your business absolutely and and I, I think everyone should have some sort of a mentor especially when they're going to this for the first time my my mentor is a gentleman um, by the name of Steve Cook and he's okay. he's uh he's here in town part-time he's a very successful tech guy um, has <laughs> sold a few businesses to some very large companies um, but he started out as a friend and kind of transition into that business mentor and one of the things that I most respect about people is when they're willing to tell me that my idea is crap okay and it's happened plenty of times <laughs> where I've had hey wouldn't it be cool and he goes no no that's a horrible horrible idea never do it and I listened to wow. him and, and he's he's been right so far 
all the time, which he will never yeah. let me forget <laughs> once I've said it now. But um, hate to admit it, right? Yeah, I, but you know, everyone looks up to these people on TV. But you have to remember, it's TV, okay? Right. So not you know, not everything that you hear may be as exactly it actually is. Right. But right. the best part is when you can find someone who's willing to be honest with you and and understand your situation because everyone at some point was in that position where they're starting out and they're just trying to figure out, you know, how to find how to find the beat of what they're trying right. to do. And um Steve has played a major part in helping me find mine. I, I've had other mentors in life, but um when it comes to business, he was a giant part of it. And um and so part of I guess a little bit of what I would love to do, I hope that I'm doing with PC classes online is to offer the same kind of thing to a much wider audience, you know, and right. saying to people, look, this, these techniques have worked for me. It's worked for other businesses. It can work for you too. And the best part is I'm not here to charge you for it. You know, I just want to, yeah. I just actually want to make a difference, you know? Well, I love that you're offering value first. And then I, I would imagine many times it's, after somebody's implemented um, whatever you've taught them, then they see the value or they see what it's done for them. Then they come back and feel like, okay, you created a whole lot of value with me, so I've got to give you something back for that. And then they go ahead and make the donation or make the the payment or whatever it is that they're they're uh, whether they're going through the GoFundMe or you know other donation type things. I can imagine it's that after effect well, that gets that. I- Surprisingly, not always. I mean, it's it's. I'm I'm a weird person. I'll, I'll totally own up to that. And any of our any of our students will probably tell you the same <laughs> thing. I I'm I'm a weird person in the sense that maybe it's because I have had exposure to working with people who would be in that super rich category mm-hmm. that I understand something that I feel very very few people do, which is that money will never ever make you happy. Uh. And um. You know, I'm fortunate through my business that I I have a few clients who are celebrities and politicians. And the fact whether or not these people are happy has absolutely zero to do with how many commas are in their checking account. Right. And so for me, it's not it's not so much the money. I mean, I I do. okay, I get by now. But, um, you know, when I get an email from a soldier who's just returned from, you know, war. And he Mm -hmm. said, I was, you know, trying to figure out what to do. And your classes helped me figure out how to launch my own online business. That means way more to me than a $10 donation. So I I don't even, I I like to give people the option to donate because it's a way for them if they want to help ensure that it goes to other people, that we can continue to exist. It's a great way to make sure that happens. But, you know, I make a very average salary these days. And mm-hmm. and that's okay. I'm I yeah. don't need a Lamborghini. I've got a Toyota Rav Four that works just fine. You know, <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. so I'm just a so different I'm a weirdo. Scale, yeah. I'm a weirdo. Uh-huh. I don't care about money, but um, at least not that much. But um, I, I think that you know, at the end of the day, did anyone you know die unhappy because they didn't have enough money? Yeah. No. I it's think a, it's more it's about the other things. Yeah. Exactly. So that's uh, for me. It's it's less about monetary gratitude and more about gratitude. Excellent. I love that. Now, we don't generally spend a lot of time focusing on the negative and the failures and that sort of thing, but I'm sure over the course of your business life, you have um, had some failures or things that you would consider a failure or a bomb or whatever that you 
actually learned a very valuable lesson from. And I was wondering if there was any of that you could share with our listeners. I mean, I I look back to the days when I was working at that little Apple computers dealer and just really, you know, in many ways being (laughs) sort of abused in certain ways. Um, But I I try to look at the, the tough times that, you know, I've gone through and how can I, what, what lesson did I learn? Okay. Mm -hmm. So even if I didn't, you know, come out all, you know, shiny and, you know, glowing, did I at least learn what not to do? And Uh. part of, part of what went back to that business and why I left it is I, the individual who was my boss, um, was very bad at working with people. And Mm. so it's like, I had this bad experience, but it gave me the clarity to understand how important it is to be good with people and to make sure that no matter what business you think you're in, whether you're a restaurant or whether you're in construction, everything is always going to be about people in some, in some, it's going to be more for others than, than, you know, more for some than others. But, Mm -hmm. um, so, I mean, working that job, it was really tough, you know, having to really scrape by just to have enough to eat, let alone pay rent. And, um, you know, that was one of them. So, um, yeah, it's a good lesson though. It's a good lesson, especially whenever you, um, you know, you realize that as an employee that you have that next layer above you that you're, that you're kind of constantly going to be in friction with, Mm -hmm. you know, it's again, provides motivation for you to say, wait a minute, I can do this better. I can, I can create a better model here. So I love that. Now, what do you view as your greatest business accomplishment? Well, um, two years ago, I was very um, fortunate. I, I won uh, an award. It's the uh, it was the 2012 40 Under 40 Award, and so it was uh-huh. 40 business executives uh, who were innovating whatever their industry was, and I won for for technology. And um, it was wow. just kind of cool to to get the recognition. And it was it was presented by the CEO of a uh, brewing company, and the the individual. It was kind of funny. He, he calls me up on stage. And he starts to like read my description, and he and he just stops, and like this is live in front of the audience, and he just says, "Do you have a card? I need I need you for my mother." And, it, <laughs> <laughs> and I, all I it just, took was the description. Yeah, right? he's like, got a new client. David Cox who teaches technology. Yeah, I need your card for my mom. And it's like, <laughs> so it was kind of it was kind of cool. That that would be that. that would be one of them, and um, and, and you know what? In a really strange and ironic way losing on shark tank well yeah can you can you explain why in your situation losing is a blessing oh can i can i can i okay um oh god that's a tough question um especially because my lawyer is i'm sure like screaming at me up and down right now um well let's let's look at it like this you ended up um being able to talk about your business in front of a national audience. And and your business is actually one where anyone in the country can actually use your business. So I can imagine, I mean, just from my deductions, that huge national exposure had to be good for your business. The same way whenever a an author would get on Oprah mm. and suddenly now every, you know, whether it's the book club choice or not, or she just mentions it, boom, suddenly you've got all these people that are now exposed to your business. Right. So I, so I guess, that's, so I guess in interpreting that, and that's, that's a very good point is that the reason why I'm grateful that we lost on Shark Tank is that we are now successful on my terms. This, okay. I don't have to yeah. answer to anyone. I don't have to, sure. you know, say, hey, Mr. Wonderful, do you mind if I do this? You know, yes, exactly. You know, that, that doesn't exist. And 
Um, you know, one day a lot of what happens on some of these reality shows is going to come out and, sure. um, it's gonna it's gonna surprise a few people. People will be disappointed, yeah, or, or maybe yeah, shocked or something. And that's as much well, as I can say on that topic. <laughs> yeah, well, and here here's I was gonna say here's the here's the lesson in that for a lot of small business owners, and I've seen it and I've heard people talk about it time and again, is that many people enter into a business partnership mainly out of their own insecurity. You know, they they feel like they need someone's help or they need someone's expertise or they just need somebody right there with them to keep validating what they're doing they enter into a business partnership and it it forever changes the course of how they would have actually done it on their own because now they're dealing with a partner they're dealing with other people and so i think the you know the lesson for small business owners is well number one all money is not good money just because somebody comes in and offers you a load of cash for a piece of ownership of your company or a major role in whatever it is you're doing it doesn't mean that it's got to be a great idea or they wouldn't be offering it so you better take sure. it you know, and so I think, you know, for you to be able to walk away from that and say, you know, I'm in, in hindsight, I'm glad that now I have had the freedom with the traffic and exposure that it gave me. I've had the freedom to create the business that I wanted. And, and I'll, I'll be honest with you. I don't know that any of those, uh, gurus on Shark Tank would be too thrilled about a, you know, a free and pay as you want business model you know so it could forever change the value that you're offering with your business and so i love that you were able to get some really good things for your business out of it without compromising all the really good things that make your business what it is thank you and very well said Yes, that's my 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 synopsis of it, and no one can sue me for that because I haven't signed anything. Yeah, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. So take that. Um, anyway, so let me ask you this. Now you had also talked about whenever you moved your your video hosting from Vimeo to YouTube, and of course the Google correlation there. Um, what marketing strategies are you using right now that is working for PC classes online? Sure, sure. Um, so one of the things that I do, um, and part of it is I can get away with this because we are a free service, is I have a required question for anyone who signs up. You have to tell me where you heard about us. And so ah. I can track that data and know exactly what is working what isn't working. And to give you an idea, um, believe it or not, the number of people who say Shark Tank it is less than 1%. Wow. So that's, I mean, that's one thing. to that, that That's something. good for that's you. Great. That's great. That's excellent. Yeah, that's exactly. good. Um, <laughs> but believe it or not, 90%, and that is not an exaggeration, 90% comes from YouTube. Wow. It's, it's the age of social sharing. And it's sure. it, it, part of, I spent nine months really trying to master YouTube and figure out how it ranked its results, figure out how to manipulate those results so that if someone typed in, for example, how do I use a Mac, that I would be mm. number one, um, gotcha. which I believe we still are, you know, and, and all of these little tricks, but it's, it's 90%, uh, 90% YouTube, and then basically the rest is all word of mouth. So I've, I actually don't pay any money um, a month. To, to advertise. I, I very, that's, very fortunate. That's awesome. Yeah. Very fortunate that we're at a point where it's it's kind of going on its own. Could I spend money? Yeah. I mean we actually um 
my my mentor Steve Cook. Uh, he and I had looked at the possibility of working with a marketing company, you know, and saying, okay, we're yeah. going to, um, you know, can you help us blow up our YouTube page? We want millions and millions and millions of followers. And we started looking at it, and it was like the amount of money these people wanted. They wanted something like twenty five thousand dollars a month. And I said, oh, wow. I said, you know what? We're we're already doing really well, and I don't need to spend twenty five thousand dollars a month. So, um, again, it, it all goes back to I think that the best marketing tactics out there are the ones are the non traditional ones that have a long history of working. Sometimes tech isn't the answer. Sometimes True. it's about yeah. putting a poster at your grocery store. Sure. Yeah. You know. So. And I I love that I love that um you're you're okay with saying I don't have and have to have an advertising budget. I mean every business owner would love to get to that point. Mm. And but it, but the whole the point about it is is it's not that you're not advertising. It's that you're using free methods and YouTube costs you nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the same time, because you've mastered it and you put the time into that free resource, that is your advertising channel and you're, you're providing value. And then in return for that, you get the traffic. And so um, it's a lesson that, uh, that a lot of business owners can take because so many um, business owners, I mean, what, if you think about even the most um, – I was going to say the most rudimentary type business, maybe, you know, whether it's you know repairing appliances or fixing cars or those sort of things. I mean, think about the benefit of adding the YouTube channel in there and suddenly establishing yourself as the authority with that. I mean, it just it's a huge, huge. It's the it's a search engine. People people sometimes forget that. Right, right. So, are you using social media at all in your business? Well, technically, YouTube is social media. I mean, I I, right, have, yeah. I have a Facebook page that I kind of half-heartedly post content on but okay. the, the fact of the matter is, is when you when you track when you track the Facebook stuff mm-hmm. very seldomly does it make money okay. so I, I do it to a very very limited extent um, mm-hmm. I, I don't do Twitter personally I hate Twitter um, uh-huh. I just I mean it's great for certain people in certain industries but I just can't stand it to me it's just I, I'm, I'm like okay today I'm going to force myself to use Twitter and then it's like no I'm not yeah um, <laughs> On the other hand, no. So, um, <laughs> yeah. So, I, I mean, well, very, very little is the answer. Okay. So, really, I mean, your your main social media is YouTube, and um, that that is sustaining everything that you're – or most of what you're getting right now for your business. So, what's the next step for your business? Well, I mean, we have we have a bunch of different, you know, elements, uh, different ideas in place. And many, sometimes it's just finding the right time to move a project to the front burner. Um, mm-hmm. from the back burner and we're looking at ways of even upping the interactiveness more um and i mean there's not a lot that i can really talk about but, but sure giving giving people a access to really a full education and technology entirely through their computer um so in some ways it's just continuing to do what we're doing but just expanding mm-hmm. to more topics um mm-hmm. One of the areas that I've always said I would consider is if you look at television and you look at the, the quote-unquote gurus that are out there, you know, when you think, who is the first name that comes to mind when you think the guru of medicine? Dr. Oz. Who's the mm-hmm. first name that comes to mind when you think of financial advice? For most people, it's either Susie Orman or Jim Cramer. Right. Name one for tech. 
Yeah, that doesn't. There is none. There is none. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Some people say, oh, Steve Jobs. Yeah, little problem. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, some people say Walt Mossberg. Well, Walt isn't a teacher. He's a columnist and he, you know, does, right. a, you know, podcasts. But there really has never been that Dr. Oz of technology. Mm-hmm. So that is one area. You know what? We'd consider that. Um, and right now I, I'm a very, very strong believer in setting goals you know, for, for whatever projects I'm working on. And in the case of this, you know, we've set a goal for ourselves for, um, for, for the year. We are trying desperately <laughs> to, to get PC classes online on the Ellen DeGeneres show. And oh, okay. so we have been e-blasting all of our members with Ellen's contact info for her producers saying, please mm-hmm. just tell them if, if our classes mean anything to you, tell them, about it so that we can get yeah. on get on the show. So that's that's one way we're hoping to expand our yeah. following. Um but I have discovered that Ellen is seemingly the juggernaut that cannot be contacted. So <laughs> very, 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 so very, 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 very big. <laughs> yes. So um but yeah, I mean we we have a bunch of little things that are in that are in the works, but um for the most part I really want to just kind of do an even better job at what I'm already doing. Gotcha. Well, and I think there's always, you know, there's always room to, with with the way technology is growing and expanding, you know, you, there's there's like a never-ending supply of next projects for you mm-hmm. because that's just the nature of the business. Right. So, now, can you share as a parting thought um, a piece of wisdom that you you wish you had known maybe when you started out in business? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think it it all comes down to you can't be afraid. You 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 can't keep making excuses for yourself. Oh, I don't have enough money to do this. I don't have enough, you know, time to do this. People aren't going to like me. You've got to get all of those negative thoughts just out of your head. And mm-hmm. um, there's actually a book that um, I remember I read just before I started my business. And the author has actually become a friend of mine. Um, and it's one of these, it's one of these books where if you read into it too far, it could seem really silly but you uh-huh. have to have the wisdom to understand, to, to be able to decipher it. And right. there's this great book called The Law of Attraction by Michael Lozier. And okay. it just talks about how really what we put out there is what we get, whether uh. those thoughts are negative or whether they're positive. And if you, if you have an idea and you want to conquer it, you know, the first thing you need is you need people, you need to surround yourself with people who have the courage to be honest with you. Uh, who will tell yeah. you if your idea is in <laughs> fact crap and if it, if they say it is then okay move on next idea you know next plan yeah, um, wow. but but also having the courage to go out and do it because ultimately you know you can choose to either work for someone else your whole life sure or you can be your own master and commander and uh wow. just just really briefly i i um i had a really interesting encounter um about two weeks ago with Joan Rivers and, oh, wow. and got to got to see her in, in action and not with cameras. And, uh-huh. you know, this one was 81 years old. And That's unbelievable in itself. What yeah. is so incredible with her is that she has so much control over every situation in front of her. She is never afraid to say no. And wow. so many times fear is what ultimately holds us back from becoming our greatest potential self. And if you can acknowledge that, and conquer that, you're golden. Wow. Very, very good advice. I love that. 
Fear, boy, fear can cripple you and keep you, I mean, keep you in the status quo for way longer than you planned on being there. So I love the take it, take the action and go ahead and push through and, and that more people need to hear that and not just hear it, but believe it and actually do it. So, um, David, you've been incredibly generous with your time and your tips and your, uh, sharing your business journey with us and all the stories that you have to tell. And so, um, one of the things I like to do is give you an opportunity to promote anything going on with your business to our listeners. And so uh, tell us uh, how people can find you or what you have going on and, and where they can uh, connect with sure. you. Sure. I mean, the easiest way is our website, pcclassesonline.com. One of the things I like to make sure everyone knows is that PC stands for personal computer. It does not mean Windows. Mm-hmm. Um, and we do, <laughs> we do actually primarily focus on the Apple products because that's where the demand is. Okay. Um, okay. But I just hope they'll check out our classes. Um, we have a couple for, for people out there, for your listeners who are small business owners. Um, a couple of our classes that I think actually have some of the best information. But uh-huh. the funny thing is that numbers-wise, they're not like the most popular ones. Um, oh, okay. We have one on uh, small uh, was it social media strategy for small business owners. And we kind uh-huh. of really walk you through in a much more in-depth uh, way, you know, through all mm-hmm. the different ways that people find information and check this out, maybe don't check this one out. Um, and um, also for anyone out there you know, who has a small business, I really strongly recommend taking our class on YouTube marketing because ah. it is amazing what you can do. You, know, you may have noticed when you go on Google and you search, obviously, who owns YouTube? Google. Sure. Mm-hmm. But you know, if, you, if you know how to work YouTube right, it can be a giant benefit to your business. Even if you're just taking photos and doing the little Ken Burns effect and having voiceover work, it's something. It's content. And and that content can really boost where you show up on the web. And and finally, uh, one other one that I can't believe I didn't mention earlier is for anyone out there who doesn't have a website, um, you know, (sighs) web designers um, tend to hate me for saying this. Um, <laughs> there is a technology that I'm a very, very big fan of called Weebly. And we have a couple uh. of classes on Weebly. Of course, they're free. Um, mm-hmm. But for anyone out there who needs a website but doesn't have thousands upon thousands of dollars to spend to pay some guy behind a computer you know, to whip up something in 20 minutes, sure. um, it's a really great option that I think uh, a lot of people could benefit from learning how to use. Excellent, excellent. I love, I love that you're giving the small business owners some things that they can actually go and get free uh, information on, and kind of maybe branch out in a whole new way with their business on that. So and, oh, very, oh, and very one, good. Oh, and sure. one more, one more. Don't forget. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but wait, there's more. Um, there's also for anyone out there who is kind of like dabbled in the idea, probably for many more people, the fantasy of having their own app. We just oh. taught a class on this technology that's out. It's worldwide available. It's called YAP, Y-A-P-P, and it's a free way that anyone can create an app. And even for oh, some, even something it. like a podcast, you know, yeah. it's you can literally build your app in 20 minutes. Awesome. It's awesome stuff, and I uh, hope to check it out. 
Right. Yeah, definitely. Great information. I know I will be um, as we go through um, these these things that you've mentioned, I always put them in the show notes and try to make sure we link up to everything that um, a listener could want to possibly click on or get from our website to your website and that sort of thing. But we'll go back and document all these. And I've got several of them checked and highlighted for uh, myself as well. So I definitely am looking forward to getting more information. And I don't know uh, if most I don't know if most business owners are like me, but I feel like um, I could just be a sponge and soak this stuff up and spend all day long learning new things. And I love uh, that you teach them and you actually show how it gets applied to your business and your, you know, traffic and that sort of thing. So love that. So we're going to link up to all the places people can find you on the web, uh, your Facebook page and that sort of thing. And anything else you need to tell us before we go, David? No, I think we're good. You know, it's, uh, you know, I do all this stuff because it's fun for me. And um, sure. And I, I hope you're you know, listeners enjoy it, and uh, you know if they if they care to leave a comment on any of the classes, I love feedback. Perfect. Well, David, you've been a pleasure to talk to. I appreciate your time. I know it's precious for you, and so thank you again for coming on and sharing everything you did with us today. It's been my pleasure. Same here. Thank you so much, Christy. Take care. No problem. Have a good day. If you'd like to join our local community here at the Brick and Mortar Reporter Podcast, the best way to do that is to follow us on Facebook. You can find us at facebook.com forward slash Brick and Mortar Reporter Podcast. Now, every single day when we upload a new episode and we launch it, we'll have a little blurb there along with a link to it, along with some great discussions about local business and things that are going on in local areas all over the country that can affect your business and other businesses in the local community. So follow us on Facebook. We'd love to have you join our community. I wanted to let you know of one other way you can support us here at the Brick and Mortar Reporter Podcast. If you are an iTunes listener, we are like every other podcast out there, always chasing those elusive iTunes reviews. We know it's not easy to leave them. We know it's a cumbersome task to have to log in and launch it and then go in and find us and leave the review. And I just want to let you know that we certainly appreciate any review and we would love it if you could do us a favor If you like what we're doing, even if you just like a particular episode because you like that business owner or you like that interview or it was particularly relevant to you, hop on over to iTunes and leave us a review. It means more than you know because, like I say, every podcaster is chasing those illustrious iTunes reviews, and we know they're hard to get because it's such a time-consuming thing for you to leave them. But it only takes a couple of minutes out of your time, and it means so much to us. So if you like what we're doing, leave us a review. We'd love to have it. Thanks so much for your support. If you are a Twitter user, and we know many of you are, we love Twitter ourselves, we would love to have you follow us on Twitter. You can find us at BAM, B-A-M, Reporter. It's at B-A-M, Reporter. So hop on over to Twitter, follow us, and you'll get all the updates every time we launch a new episode. And when anything comes out that the local business community needs to be aware of, we will tweet that out and you'll have access to that. So follow us on Twitter at BAM Reporter. Thank you for listening to the Brick and Mortar Reporter Podcast, where we build businesses all day long with no permits. Remember, local businesses are the backbone of our economy. So, whenever you have the opportunity, choose local. 